0: Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine and Spirits. Welcome back to WineSmart. Today we're going to talk about the wonderful AVA of Eola Amity Hills, which is in the Willamette Valley of Oregon and famous for mostly Pinot Noir, but Chardonnay and other grapes as well. It is a north-south ridge running about 16 miles with east-west lateral ridges that at their widest are about 2.5 miles wide. It's on the west side of the Willamette River and it's about 48 miles southwest of downtown Portland. Its southeast corner touches the uh, city of Salem, Oregon. The name of the AVA, Eola Amity Hills, is a combination of two towns inside the AVA and Eola is actually uh, derived from Eolas, the Greek god of wind. That town was named after the Aeolian harp, a harp that's played by the wind. From the very outset, this was a region defined by the wind. And we're going to explore that further in just a moment, but for now, let's talk about the historical Beginnings uh, and how we got to this point with Eola Amity Hills. Willamette Valley begins to take shape as a wine region not that long ago, really just in the 1960s, with the emergence of the Letts planting Irie Vineyard and the Curies planting Curie Vineyards, both in 1965. And then Erath was planted in 1969. Eola Amity Hills itself wasn't planted until 1971 by the Prestons who planted Amity Vineyards. And then the first winery was established by Amity Vineyards in 1974. By the time we reached 1983, there's still only two commercial wineries in Eola Amity Hills. The two wineries were Amity and Hidden Springs, and just 273 acres. But a watershed moment happened for the entire Willamette Valley in 1984, which starts to shape the future of Eola Amity Hills as well, and that is that in 1984 Willamette Valley itself was established as an AVA. That helped to bring specific attention to the region and it was a springboard for each of the sub-districts to then um, start looking into, can we have our own AVA inside of Willamette Valley? And that happened for Eola Amity Hills in 2006 when it was absolutely validated to be a unique place to plant and grow grapes. Becoming its own AVA certainly helped drive more attention. And so now we have 2,850 acres planted in the AVA with 30 commercial wineries. That's a huge change, and it's relative to the quality of the area. So as we talked about a minute ago, with the influence of wind, even the name of the AVA being related to the god of wind, it's no surprise that the biggest influence on um, viticulture for this area and what makes it unique is its influence of the Van Duzer corridor winds. To the west of Aola Amity Hills is the Van Duzer Corridor, which is a gap in the coastal range that allows Pacific air to come into Willamette Valley. Why does it come into Willamette Valley? Well, the air in Willamette Valley, and of course on Aeola Amity Hills, warms up in the daytime and rises. It creates a vacuum because that air has to be replaced. And so the valley floor then draws air from somewhere else. If you're in a valley, it has to find a place to get that air, and it either pulls it over the hills, which is more effort, or it pulls it through the wind gap. Venduser Corridor is the gap, and so wind comes funneling through there and gets accelerated into the valley and becomes quite strong. That air is cooled by the cold North Pacific Ocean, comes in and reduces the temperature in the afternoons and when it starts to blow you can have as much as a 10 degree fahrenheit difference at the top of the ridge than the valley floor on the east side of the ridge what the wind does for vineyard management or to vineyard management it limits how warm it can get each day and how long it's going to stay warm it's not so much that Willamette Valley and Eola Amity Hills in specific doesn't get warm in the daytime it certainly gets into the 80s and sometimes above but it can't stay there for a long time because as the air warms, it starts to draw the cold Pacific air in and it pulls the temperature back down in the afternoons significantly. The other thing it does is when that airflow is strong and the winds are blowing hard, it disturbs the leaves enough on the vines that they go into protection mode and they stop the ripening process and it extends the growing season in the same way. The other major influence, like most regions, is what's the geology like? And in the Yola Amity Hills and the Willamette Valley, what you're dealing with is uh, a geology of violence. There is so much upheaval and massive amount of geologic change that is part of this that it's worth talking about for sure. The first thing we have to talk about is how did we even get Oregon to begin with? Oregon used to be the bottom of the ocean. And as the Juan de Fuca Plate intersected with the North American Plate, it went underneath the North American Plate and forced the ocean floor upward. Well that ocean floor happened to be marine sediment and don't get confused, we're not talking about calcareous sediment, we're talking about sandstone at this point. First formation of Willamette Valley and what would become the Eola Amity Hills was actually marine sandstone sediment. Then that continual collision of those plates created naturally volcanic activity and the volcanic eruptions flooded Columbia Valley, what became Willamette Valley, with almost oceans of lava from the mountains out to the sea, filling up the valleys that existed at the time. That formed basalt. So basalt is now the bedrock of a large quantity of Willamette Valley and Columbia Valley. The plates continue to collide and they start to create folds on land, which become hills and mountains. That dry, parched, burnt, lava landscape then it starts to experience wind erosion and that wind erosion deposits LUS which is wind-driven silt and so now we have some soil on top of these uh, volcanic hillsides. After that we have the Ice Age glacial lake, Lake Missoula, an amazing amount of water being held back by uh, a glacial dam, so a big ice dam. Well the ice dam would crack and and break and Lake Missoula would empty into the Columbia Valley and go screaming down the valley, slosh up into Willamette Valley and then slowly subside and go out to the ocean. The highest flooding on the hillsides is about 400 feet above sea level in Aeola Amity Hills, so most of the flood silts are 300 feet and below. Now you have the basis for all the soils that you're gonna find in the eola Amity Hills. The next step is erosion of those soils, so the basaltic soils they start to become eroded and they form various soil types. Marine sediments form another soil type. And then of course you have Lus and you have Missoula flood silts. And depending on where you are on the hill and what folding happened, depends on what soil you're in. Why does the soil matter? Well, let's give some examples. Those young, shallow basalt-based soils are low in nutrients and they create water stress. The older, deeper basalt-based soils have more of the clay in them They're deeper, giving the roots more soil in which to dig. They hold more water, so there's less water stress in vines planted there. The alluvial soils that are common on the valley floor from the Missoula floods, they're too rich for vineyards by and large, but they're great for agriculture and nut trees and things like that. Let's talk about a couple of examples to give us some concrete thought process. On the ridges, mostly, up at the top of the ridges, you'll find Witzel and Rittner series soils. These are basaltic soils, but they're young and shallow. They have a little bit of clay, they are relatively thin, and then they get into impermeable rock below. You know, 20 to 40 inches of soil, and then rock for Rittner, 12 to 20 inches soil for Witzel. That's not a lot of rooting depth, and so water stress is a huge issue. They also have a lack of nutrients. That combination tends to mean that grapes harvested from those soils come off a little earlier. They tend to be a little edgier, more tannic, and they have more anthocyanins and coloring agents. The deeper, older soils like Jory and Nakaya, they have more water retention because they have a greater clay base. They're also deeper, many feet of topsoil before you get to bedrock. Gives them deeper rooting ability, more nutrients, and so the wines coming off of here are not as edgy and they stay on the vine a little longer. The real magic of Eola Amity Hills is the wonderful diversity that happens from the soil types yielding harmony in the final wines by pulling from different parcels. and This can be blended across vineyards, but sometimes it's actually in one vineyard. So let's, let's give you an example of that. In Christom's Eileen Vineyard, you have a southeast-facing vineyard that ranges from 545 feet above sea level to 735 feet above sea level. In just 24 acres, you have Jory. Somme, Nakaya, Rittner, Witzel, and Yamhill soil series, all in one vineyard. In their Louise vineyard, which is just east and just a little downslope and still on the same property, it's 290 feet to 440 feet above sea levels. In 18 acres, you find the basaltic soils of Nakaya, Rittner, and Witzel. You find the marine sandstone soils of Helmick and Wellsdale. And you find the Missoula flood silts of Willamette and Woodburn soils all of that in one vineyard, which allows them to create a patchwork of flavor impressions, essentially. Now you take all of this and use the contour of the land and the aspect, and you get so many different kinds of influence and so many different ways to uh, put your wines together. The east-west lateral ridges allow vineyards to face towards the north or the south. The eastern side of the main ridge gives you the morning sun, which is a little more gentle and more warming. The western side could have that really intense afternoon sun but it's in the shade all morning and then in the afternoon the Van Duzer Winds hit it so it's actually cooler than the east side and each grape of choice is going to prefer something a little different in all of that mix. Eola Amity Hills is just a great place to grow grapes for so many different reasons but really it relies on the Van Duzer corridor winds and a patchwork of diverse interesting soil types.